again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. Thought we might be coming to you on a Wednesday this week, but we do, in fact, have our normal Thursday spot. Very busy time of year with pairings being released today, likely as I'm recording this podcast, so we might not be able to get to all of the time. We won't be focusing too much on the CIAC tournaments in this edition of the CIAC Cast because of the timing, but we'll obviously be getting into those tournament results in the next few editions. Certainly a very exciting time of year here and the CIAC offices. We love this tournaments uh, when fans and teams get a chance to compete for CIAC championships. So very excited about that. But today we'll be focusing on a few other issues as we'll have discussions with two different guests. We'll talk with Commissioner of the Southern Connecticut Conference, Al Carbone, and Unified Sports Assistant Director George Sinnott will also be with us. So a couple different guests and some different things we'll be covering this week in the CIAC cast. Obviously a lot going on right now, so we will quickly get into it with our Things You Might Have Missed segment. Again, this is Things You May Have Missed on CIACsports.com. Obviously the big focus right now is on the pairings, which will be released today or may have already been released today in a few sports, and then will be released on as well on Friday the 24th with a majority of the brackets coming out then so be sure to check out as i've said numerous times and will continue to say be sure to check out the tournament central page on cicsports.com the direct link to that is tournamentcentral.cicsports.com or you can find the link on cicsports.com that's got brackets it has schedules it has results all the information that you need will all be there also on CIACsports.com, a new post looking at the measure of success that top four seeds have enjoyed in spring CIAC tournaments in the recent years. Enjoyed doing that research and writing the post, which admittedly is more for fun and entertainment than any sort of predictive tool, but always interesting to look back and see what has happened in previous tournaments just to get a feel for how tournaments have played out in recent years. Obviously, those past results certainly don't predict anything going forward, but it's always interesting to root around in the archives to see what's been happening in past CIAC tournaments. Not something that you might have missed, but something that you won't want to miss, as if you look on the right side of the CIAC Sports Navigation, you will find the upcoming schedule for CIAC Network events. Those will be broadcast or carried live on the CIAC Network. CIAC.tv is the address you can find those, but you can always find that schedule on CIAC Sports com and some live events that will be coming up include the CIAC class track and field championships which will begin uh, this coming Tuesday so certainly keep an eye out for that some great competition coming up and starting next week also CPTV sports is showing a large number of high school events that they've covered uh, this season during this week so be sure to look for those as well as folks start gearing up for championship season And speaking of championship seasons, one of the biggest things going on this week is league championships. They've certainly been going on uh, last week as well, but concluding here in the next couple days and those events taking place at the end of school's regular seasons before the CIC tournament competitions begins. So with all those championship events going on, I wanted to reach out to talk with one of the many fine league commissioners across the state to talk to them about those championships and to talk about the league experience in general. Very happy to have with us on the phone now Al Carbone, the commissioner of the Southern Connecticut Conference. Certainly a very busy time of year for him, so we appreciate him carving out a few minutes to talk with us. Al, how are you? Very good, Joel. Thanks for having me. Certainly. So, 
as we, we try to do from time to time here on the CAAC cast, want to provide a little glimpse uh, for some of our listeners about things that maybe they're not so familiar with uh, within the realm of Connecticut high school sports. So thought we would talk to Al to, to try to offer a, a little bit of a look behind the curtain in a, uh, a conference, a high school conference in Connecticut. So Al, I think the first question that I, that I want to kind of get into here is sort of a general one, and that is, how would you sort of describe the role that conferences or leagues play within the structure of high school sports in Connecticut? That's a great question, and I think, and I would I would answer that quickly in saying the leagues and the conferences play a very important role in the structure of high school sports because it's the leagues that provide um, every school member school a schedule, a regular season schedule to play, you know, contests, and you know within that that structure of that schedule come obviously rules and regulations, but most importantly, it gives them opportunities for kids. Uh, to play, you know, games, and as they, you know, try to win championships and go on into bigger and better things. But but scheduling is a very important um, facet of wh- why these leagues have come into existence and why they have changed over, I would say, the last 20 years, as um, you know, the SEC in particular approaches its 20th year in 2013-2014. Uh, yeah. Can you talk a little bit of just about how that scheduling process works? How are those, you know, obviously that's a, that's a pretty big moving target at times. Some of the leagues uh, across the state are, are fairly, have grown to be fairly uh, big sized. How, how does that scheduling process sort of work in determining, you know, who plays who and, and how many conference games and all that sort of thing? Sure, you know, and, and, and that's a great point because I think we're saying that the evolution of sports at the high school level Every sport is different, and yep. you know, in our league, very similar to how the CIAC sponsors, we have 27 sports we sponsor, and I would say that we have to look take at each sport at a different look at have a different you know lens to it, sure. because every sport is different, the competition is different, the rules are different. You know, in the past, there was a propensity to say, well, you know, if if you schedule boys basketball the same way as girls basketball, everything is fine. That's not the case anymore. Every sport is different. The number of schools that participate are different. And so the way we spend a lot of time on scheduling, I would say that's probably more than half of the stuff that we do as a league, trying to figure out what is the best way to schedule our sports. And the bigger, I would say, the um, goal to that is to make sure that our teams qualify for the state tournament Mm-hmm. and get the opportunity to be competitive to go go on for, you know, a state championship. In our case, also a league championship, too. So, again, scheduling is very important because you have it's evolved to the point where there are different scheduling formats so that your teams, say if you have a very competitive, balanced league. In the SEC, baseball is a very competitive, um, you know, I would say sport for us. We have 19 schools, and we're going to have 15 of them probably make the state tournament. But those four other teams are very competitive. So the, the way we schedule, we try to schedule so everyone plays each other. Right. It's, sometimes it's impossible to do so. But there are other sports, say like lacrosse, which is still growing, where you have a great number of teams. You have maybe a few teams who are very, very good, and then you have teams that are just you know newer programs. So how do you schedule them so that you're not you know causing those I would say quote unquote bad games, but you're giving those. No, I would say the, the the younger teams the opportunity to get better and play and get to that better level. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly a lot of moving parts that that gets involved anytime you're you're trying to to put together schedules. Um, again, sort of another general question for you a little bit uh, for for those folks maybe who are who are curious at home. 
talk a little bit about sort of your day-to-day activity. What exactly is a, a conference commissioner spending his time doing uh, as he sort of tries to, to foster that, that competition within his league? Well, first of all, I actually have a real job. I, <laughs> I work. I have a real job, and this is kind of my, as I say, my volunteer uh, part-time activity, which I probably spend and on typical weeks, probably 20 to 40 hours doing league league business. Yeah. Um, and that's fun, you know, and, 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 and I think the, the caveat to that is that if you, um, you know, today's technology has evolved where you're always available, right. so you can be able to respond. But we have great, um, a great foundation in our league um, with our athletic directors and our principals who, you know, generally are the ones who vote and run the league. But it's my job really to promote the league and do the public relations, do the fundraising, try to get sponsors, prepare for our league postseason events. We also have a number of non-athletic events, which we run throughout the year to recognize kids. And, you know, that, that's pretty much the day-to-day activity. It's just keeping the eye on the bouncing ball. But really, you know, as I, as I say, is it's our job to brand the SEC as one of the most competitive leagues in the state. And that's my job and to participate and work with, you know, the CIAC on, on opportunities that come up, but really to, to be the, as I say, the glue to our, our league. What I always like to say is that we have 22 schools in the SEC, but we're not 22 schools. We are actually one league. Sure. And that's, you know, and that's a challenge every day in dealing with problems and issues that pop up. But also I think most importantly, as a league commissioner, you have to think strategically. We have to think, down the road, what's going to change? And, you know, I think the point was a lot of it has to do with scheduling. Yeah. You know, how do we position our schools to be competitive? How do they, push, you know, look at being a part of this league has its benefits and doing those things to make sure that we're doing things in the, doing in the fairest manner, but also where we're doing things in the, you know, the eyes of the kids. We're doing things for, for kids and create opportunities for them and in their best interests. So that's a lot of your day-to-day activity. It's, it's, it changes daily, but you have to keep some structure to it, um, especially as you get into you know the, the late part of the year with playoffs and end-of-the-year activities. Sure. Um, speaking of that, kind of leads into my next question. Uh, it's obviously, the, the conference championships have either begun or, or will be beginning uh, very, very shortly here. So talk a little bit about what is the, the process to put some of those events on? What are kind of some of the logistics you're working on as, as these conference championships take place, either have taken place or will be taking place in the next couple of days? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. I, I would say well, I start before anything and say is we have to make sure that we have conference events. Um, you, as I said before, our job is to you know make sure these schools have full regular season schedules, but you know selfishly we have to make sure that they're also on their quest to win a state championship that they're competing for a league championship. Right. So our job is to make sure that all of our sports have you know league championships. I'm, I'm happy to say that you know all but one of our sports has a league championship and we've been successful in running these events. And um, but I would say most importantly as we get into the spring season and we just start with our um, our first championship today um, in our, our outdoor track. But uh, my job, I would say I have no control over this, is to make sure the weather's good. <laughs> um, I would say this in the last two years, we've dealt with hurricanes, snowstorms, you know, bad weather, thunderstorms, rain, you know, hot weather, cold weather. Um, that's the challenge with anything with outdoor sports is, is to make sure the weather is, is good because you have a compressed time amount of time to get in your league championships. And that's something that we've worked with, you know, the CIAC a lot with too, of understanding the season limitations and how we structure our scheduling. So we give our teams enough time to complete the regular season, but give them time to 
have the opportunity to compete for a league title and get that rest that they want before they, you know, embark on a state championship run. And it's, it's a challenge. And, you know, especially in the spring, because because we're in the spring right now. But it's you know getting facilities, making sure deal you know dealing with all of our schools. We try to do our our league events at neutral sites. Yeah. Um, and because it, it gives a little bit more of an ambiance to it in a big time feel. And um, but sometimes that doesn't happen, and we have to deal with the outside, you know, the the colleges or you know professional teams and their facilities, and we have to work around conflicts there. But also you have to you know, understand too the cost element to it. It's it's more expensive, you know, to run events and and to do that in a short amount of time to promote it. But also, you know, you have to understand too is that we, you know, we want to get them done, and we also have to deal with with school events. Yeah. And this is a very busy time with proms, <laughs> awards, graduations. You know, we have both public and private schools in our in our league. You know, some of the schools already had graduation ceremonies, so you have to always deal with those variables as well. So there's a lot of undertaking that goes into it. And you always try to do your best, but I guess I think we do pretty well in doing so. But I think the best part is, is when we see the sun is out and uh, we know that we're going to be able to play our events. Yeah, and we certainly hope that that uh, remains true. The last time I looked outside today, the sun did appear to be out, so hopefully that will, for all of the leagues, uh, trying to, you know, I know that that's a, a really a nice culminating event for the leagues with the, the championships at the end of the season and, and giving kids more to play for uh, than just, you know, that CIAC championship. We know, we hope that folks are looking forward to the CIAC events at the end of the year, but uh, certainly something else for them to be, to be focused on uh, before they get to that point. Um, just wanted to just kind of ask, you know, this is, uh, you've been at the, the SEC for about 10 years now. What would you say is your, your favorite part of this job that you've, uh, you've undertaken, as you said, as, as part of your, uh, your extracurricular activity, if you will. I'll be honest with you that the best part of my job is when I get to go to our, our games and our events um, because, you know, I, I had the opportunity to play at the high school level and actually even play at the college level and work at the college level. And you see the, the effort and the time that, that kids put into, you know, playing games and, and to offer these games. And I think you said it very well before just saying is that, you know, yeah, everyone wants to win a state championship, but you want to give them opportunities to prepare for that. And I think that's the best part of my job is that when we go to I go to the game, especially this week, going to our events and seeing kids who are who are competing for something and they get rewarded for it when they do win, and even the teams that you know that may not they fall short a little bit, you, you always say to them, "Hey, good luck in the state tournament," knowing that they have that. And and that's something I know personally. I always think about my high school experience. I wish I played more games because yeah. you remember all those stuff, and that's the great part of what high school sports brings there. You're going to remember that for the rest of your life. And that's something I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm very lucky. I have small children who are starting to play sports and they enjoy coming to the games with me. They enjoy rooting for our teams when we go to state championship games. And, and they always ask me, you know, like, you know, when we go to a league SEC events, well, who are you rooting for daddy? And I say, well, I'm not rooting for anybody. I just want to have a good game. So that, that's a special part of it. And that's what, I'm, you know, again, you know, the kids who get the opportunity to play, and, and play high school sports, I hope they, you know, realize the passion that I have for this job and, and giving them the opportunities and working with their coaches and administrators that they, you know, relish that opportunity that they have. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly, uh, certainly the, you know, the best part of, of what we do here is having that chance to get out and, and see that competition. Um, sort of final question here. As I said, you've been involved in this now for, for 10 years, sort of uh, in, in this current role. How has the job changed or, or how has the conference experience changed, would you say, maybe over the past decade or so? 
Uh, actually, there's a couple things. I think one technology is has changed in a whole. You know, when I started as commissioner, we didn't have a website, and you know, and then we had the so we developed the website, and it's as a as a tool to communicate the you know the good things that we're doing. But then you have the the evolution of social media, which has made in in fact my job I think easier. You know, I, you know, you're, it's another way of of interacting with people and telling about the good stuff that we're doing in our league, mm-hmm. and also you know, getting head off and knowing what's going on around the state. And then I think also too is that you know just. The games have changed in the sense of I think you're seeing the high school sports. People have choices, um, and it's a big a big issue that I have you know tried to put myself into is is understanding why kids want to play high sports. You know, yeah. you're, you're seeing the specialization where kids maybe only play one or or two sports as opposed to maybe playing two or three sports, and so you know it's year round. So kids want to play games. I think they're they're better equipped nowadays and. As a league, we need to be uh, ready for that. You know, whether it's scheduling, it's creating opportunities, and and being able to respond to it. And I think, lastly, and the most important thing about the ten years of being involved in it is, is just the leagues. Um, you know, working with other leagues. I think there's a propensity sometimes in these leagues to be very, I would say, um, and I'll say it nicely, but just hey, we 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 create, live in our own fiefdom, and you know, this is our league. This is what we do. And we're seeing now, you know, and through the work of the CIAC, allowing to, you know, to communicate with the leagues and, and sharing ideas that there are opportunities to work together. And something I'm very excited about is the SEC and the FCAC, which is the Fairfield County Conference, are going to be doing a couple, you know, 24 football games over the next two years. And that wouldn't happen if we didn't have relationships with, the, you know, their administrators and, you know, their commissioner and stuff and, and, and talking about, you know, creating opportunities for kids. And so nowadays I think people are opening, opening their minds to, you know, talking about ideas, um, you know, with the leagues because, you know, the there's high school sports gets a lot of attention, you know, whether it's the media, whether it's through schools and communities. And the more we can do to promote it and get kids and, you know, other people excited about it, that's what our, that's our job is, and I think that's always going to stay the same. But you have to evolve with the changing technologies and the changing opportunities that you know come forth. And I'm sure there'll be more in the next ten years as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly a, a different world in a lot of ways. And you know, yeah, I think the CIC hopefully is will continue to work to sort of foster those relationships between the leagues because we do uh, you know value the experience that uh, that they provide. So encourage folks to uh, to check out that that website that Al mentioned which is southernconnecticutconference.org and if you go to uh, the CIAC website caacsports.com under the schools tab there is a leagues page uh, which provides information about all the leagues across the state as well as links to their various web pages. So some resources for folks who want to uh, learn a little bit more about uh, what the leagues are doing and, and keep up to date with uh, all their activity. Al, uh, we appreciate you uh, carving out a little time for us. As you said, I know this is uh, the, the commissioner part is just one of your, your many jobs, so we appreciate you finding the time, and good luck with all of the championships coming up this week. I know folks will be out there enjoying them. Thank you, Joel, and thanks for all the work that you guys do up uh, and uh, at the state CIAC because it is a great a great state and uh, we have a great athletics uh, history in our state and it's uh, it's great to have a great governing body who uh, is doing good things. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Joel. We thank Al Carbone for joining with us today, finding the time to talk with us, and obviously look forward to seeing how all the league championship 
results play out uh, this week, and we certainly appreciate all that the leagues do. As I mentioned on the interview, you can always go to CICsports.com, and then under the schools menu at the top, the drop down, there is a leagues tab there, and you can check on that to get links to all of the leagues and read a little bit more about what they might be doing and certainly keep track with all of the championship results as well. So we change directions now and try to continue to provide a look at some of the different things that go on within the CIAC and some of the different programs that we offer as part of the organization. In this case, we're going to explore the Unified Sports Program, which is one of the great things that the CIAC offers. So we sit down with the assistant director of Unified Sports, George Sinnott. So I'm happy to be joined now by George Sinnott, the assistant director of Unified Sports for the CIAC. And George, thank you for, for joining us today to talk about the, the great work that uh, Unified Sports is doing. It's very good to be here. Um, first, so I guess we'll sort of start with our most basic question, and for those who aren't familiar with the program, and that just to say is what exactly is Unified Sports and, and what sports and programs are available to, to folks? Well, the Unified Sports Program uh, is a concept that includes um, bringing together students with uh, disabilities along with students who are non-disabled, and we match them together in athletic competition. Uh, we've done this at uh, various levels uh, throughout the state of Connecticut in, the, in, in their schools. Uh, we have uh, unified programs from pre-K uh, all the way to uh, high school. And um, most recently, we have added a lot of high schools to the unified program. Um, the, the concept of, of bringing together the disabled and non-disabled kids working together has really produced some very positive effects within the schools that the unified program has uh, been introduced to. Yeah. Certainly uh, something that, that's, you know, fairly unique and, and certainly a, an exciting program that we have here. Um, you know, having been involved with this uh, as you have, what, are so, what do you see as sort of the benefits of the Unified, unified Sports Programs, both for, for maybe with the students with disabilities or, and also with the, you know, the students that are competing with them? Mm -hmm. I think what it does, uh, and I had the experience of witnessing it uh, firsthand when I served as uh, principal at Berlin High School for a number of years, and we had the program at that high school, I believe, since 1996. Um, and what I was able to see was that the um, the unified program brings a kind of uh, positive culture to the school whereby kids begin to learn and understand um, differences that exist within within kids and they also become more accepting of each other the partner who is the non-disabled student and the athlete who is the disabled student work together and I think both both of them benefit from it. Uh, what we find is that these partners get as much out of the program as the athletes do. Yeah. And uh, it, it creates, as I said, a better feeling or better understanding of individual differences. Um, in many schools, we, uh, particularly the high schools that I've worked with, um, they express the same, uh, the same uh, characteristics. 
That is that they have had, when a unified program is brought into their school, there is a great deal more social inclusion that takes place. Uh, it's just not a program where kids compete on the athletic fields or in the gyms, but it's a program that brings kids together uh, socially as well. And uh, at our high school, for example, at Berlin, we saw that uh, the, uh, the kids uh, with disabilities were invited to dances and other social events by their partners. And uh, this, this kind of an inclusion has been very, very beneficial to schools. Yeah, that's certainly, uh, certainly the hope is that the, the benefits go well beyond that, that one, you know, competitive experience uh, that the, the students are able to participate in. I know you've had several um, sort of end of season championship events uh, in the last few weeks. How have those been going and have been there any sort of particular highlights from those events uh, in the last few weeks? Yeah, I think uh, we are currently in our track season, and we have two track meets that are left. The uh, the challenge of, of the track season is always in, in dealing with weather conditions. We've had to, a couple of postponements, but we have been fortunate enough to make up those uh, those track meets. What, we, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, the participation rate, particularly at the uh, – at the high school level has been tremendous. We've had, uh, we ran a track meet again at, um, at Southington High School where we had uh, 12 high schools participating in the meet. Uh, over 240 students participated from those, from those high schools. Oh, wow. And uh, it has been just a, a wonderful experience for the kids. Um, we have, as I said, we have two left, um, one at um, Newington High School next Wednesday and another on next Thursday at uh, West Haven High School. I know we recently also had the the unified sports um, sort of celebration banquet um, that was held, I yeah. guess, a few weeks ago now. Can you talk a little bit about that event and, and sort of what, what goes on with that and sort of recognizing the schools that have really uh, – really tried to to make this program a priority for them I think yeah I think the uh, the banquet is kind of indicative of the uh, progress that's been made statewide with the unified sports program. Um, when the program first began and the first banquet that was held we held it here at the CIAC office and there were approximately 30 people who attended that banquet. Uh, last month, we held our banquet at the AquaTurf, and we had well over 650 people oh, who attended. And that kind of shows the, the growth of the program over the years. Um, the banquet that we hold, uh, called the Michael's Cup Banquet, uh, recognizes a, a variety of individuals, uh, from our sponsors to uh, partners who have uh, written essays, um, to coaches, to new schools. Um, so all of these people and institutions are recognized at the banquet, and uh, it's just a, an absolutely wonderful event. Yeah, uh, certainly love to, to recognize as many folks as we can that are involved in the in the programs. Um, you know, as someone who has been involved in this for a long time, are there any sort of particular moments or you know um, events that have, that stand out to you that really sort of exemplify what the this this program, the unified program, is all about over the years? Is just any sort of particularly fond memories that that jump to mind? 
Well, we have uh, we hear frequently from from parents and teachers and administrators uh, things that are happening in the schools as a result of the unified program. We had, for example, a, a mother who came up to us uh, last year um, after a middle school. Uh, event, a basketball game, and she was thanking us for the for helping to create this program for for her child. And she told us that her her uh, daughter, who was I believe in the seventh grade, she said it was the first time that her daughter had ever been invited to a fellow classmate's birthday party. Oh wow! And that that's those are the kinds of things that take place uh, as a result of the unified program. It will be high school, for example, an inner city school in Waterbury. Um, the assistant principal there has related stories to us of, of kids who, uh, athletes who were uh, reluctant to come to school because of their disabilities. And once this program was in effect, we had some of the, uh, the will-be high school varsity players kind of adopt um, this person, and uh, and now the kid is wants to go to school every single day. Gets up early, is ready for school um, during the course of the school day. At uh, during uh, uh, lunch periods, she sits with the members of the will be high school uh, varsity basketball team, and uh, it's just those kinds of of inclusionary um, anecdotal. Um, uh, stories that are told to us are, are really very heartwarming, yeah. and it, that, that's basically the the, the the whole concept of, of unified sports is is, is really uh, what comes out of the program, not just the the uh, sportsmanship that's shown or the competition, um, but the social inclusion that follows as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that can uh, anything that can can go away towards you know improving the the sort of atmosphere within a school is is a positive mm -hmm. thing. So, uh, kind of final question here, and one that certainly uh, puts a, a bow on things. Hopefully, is is for folks who are listening who maybe don't have the programs at their school, or or if they do and they kind of hear this and say, you know, that's something I want to get involved with involved with what's the what steps can people take to either sort of bring these programs to their schools or to find programs that they can get involved with with unified right <clears throat> excuse me i think the thing that uh, would be that's done very frequently is we get phone calls here at the uh, cic office inquiring about the program and asking if uh, if we can help to initiate programs in schools and through our outreach programs that we have, uh, both myself and the director, Lou Pear, um, and other members on our staff will reach out to these schools. We will come there. We have a presentation that we make, um, and we will do all that we can to help these schools um, begin a, a program of their own. The, um, the other issue is that we uh, are awarded a grant through the federal government called Project Unify, where we receive monies from the federal government, and we use uh, a portion of that grant money as seed money for schools to begin their own programs. Uh, so we have some money that's available. Uh, we, as individuals, are certainly available to come to schools, to meet with administrators, special education people, uh, and even parent groups. Um, and to 
to explain the program, the benefits of the program, and uh, we certainly would reach out to anyone who's who's interested. So if they were to call the CIC office and ask to speak to uh, either myself or Lou Pair or other members of our staff, uh, we would certainly make a contact with them and come and visit and, and present the program to them. Wonderful. So we certainly uh, hope folks will, will take advantage of that and take advantage of the great uh, programs provided by, by Unified Sports. George, thank you so much for, uh, for talking with us, and, and thanks for all the, the efforts of the Unified folks. It really is a wonderful, wonderful program that uh, is really, really in a lot of ways sort of represents exactly what the CIAC wants to be about. So we, we appreciate all your efforts. Well, you're very welcome, Joel. Thank thanks. you. We thank George Sinat for talking to us about the very, very exciting and worthwhile Unified Sports Program, certainly a, a worthy thing to cover here on the CIAC cast. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the CIAC cast. We hope you'll be back with us next week. Be sure to keep up with all of the CIAC tournament action. Again, remember to go to Tournament Central at CIACsports.com. You'll find the link there, or it's tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. We'll get you there as well. And on that site, you can also sign up for email or text updates, which is a great way to keep track of the tournament action. You'll get an email with the brackets as soon as they are released, as well as updates with schedules and results and tournament and schedule changes and all sorts of good stuff. So encourage folks to check that out as well. Of course, you can also keep track of us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. And of course, CIACsports.com, the best way place to get all of the information. Also, CIAC Mobile uh, is another good way to keep track of all of the competition. So thank you for joining us once again for an episode of the CIAC Cast. We hope to see you next week and enjoy all the competition this weekend.